Welcome to the Fremont Presbyterian Church Podcast. Here at Fremont, we create space for people to become lifelong followers of Jesus, and we relentlessly pursue His transformation of our neighborhood, our city, and the world. Here's today's message. So this week, we're going to be looking at a heart-wrenching story, a biblical story that really is a painful one to read, but it's also a story that has echoes of good news throughout it. It is the story of Joseph found in the book of Genesis. Now the book of Genesis is set in cycles, mostly of three people and and then ending with Joseph the fourth, cycle of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. But the book of Genesis ends with the story of Joseph and it explains how God's people end up in Egypt. And Joseph is the dreaming brother who makes his other brothers jealous. So they decide to throw him into a well to be rid of him, but he's pulled out of that and sold to slavers who then take him to Egypt. While in Egypt, he is falsely accused and thrown into prison. And while in prison, he is noticed by the warden there and given leadership. And he is given the ability by God to interpret people's dreams. And it's there that he interprets the dreams of the king's baker and the king's cupbearer. And out of interpreting the dreams of those two people, he later interprets the dreams of the king. We know him as Pharaoh. And Pharaoh, because of that gift of dream interpretation that he gives elevates Joseph to a position of leadership and in that position having been sold into slavery put into prison falsely accused and now elevated it's in that position that his brothers the ones that sold him into slavery come and beg him for help during a famine and it's here that Joseph sees that he has been sent by God to give bread to the hungry. So our passage today, Genesis 45 verses one through eight, comes after several chapters of interaction between Joseph and his brothers who do not recognize their brother in his new position. Joseph recognizes them, of course, and he makes them go through all kinds of trials to make sure that they're acting honestly and to make sure his youngest brother, Benjamin, is still alive. So we pick up the story here in Genesis 45, if you want to turn in your Bibles or listen as I read. Genesis 45, 1 through 8, it reads like this. Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all his attendants, and he cried out, "'Have everyone leave my presence.'" So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him and Pharaoh's household heard about it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him. They were terrified at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. 
When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there has been famine in the land, and for the next five years, there will be no plowing or reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then, it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household, and ruler of all Egypt. This is the word of the Lord, and thanks be to God. Now what needs to be mentioned is this, is that the story of Joseph shows us that God sends people for a variety of things. God sends people to proclaim good news, to plant churches. He sends missionaries of medicine and more. But God does not just send preachers or church planters, doctors or nurses. The story of Joseph reminds us that God sends people into positions of government, teaching, business, influence, to provide basic necessities. The sending of God is not limited to certain places or people. Some of you might need to hear right now that the place that God has sent you, your vocation, your your profession, your place in retirement, your relationships in your neighborhood, these are not less than other positions to which God sends. These places are precious in the sight and plan of God. Also, what we can learn from Joseph is this. Joseph sees the acts of his brothers being redeemed by God, who he sees as the one who really sent him to Egypt. And Joseph teaches us something here. Can we see in the midst of our difficulties, in the midst of the circumstances that we might find ourselves in, that someone is guiding us and sending us. Joseph is an example of someone who understands that God is truly in control. Despite the horrible things being done to him, being sold into slavery by his own family, despite being falsely accused by one man's wife and being thrown into prison. Despite his circumstances, Joseph faithfully uses moments and experiences and the gifts given to him by God and is put in a place to save many. How did he get into that place? It wasn't easy. Joseph apparently was was very beloved by his father, They thought more than the other brothers. He was given an ornate robe by his father Jacob, the coat of many colors, the technicolor dream coat, if you will. And then in a moment that he may have later regretted, he told his brothers his dreams, that they would one day bow down to him. 
It was after that dream that the brothers did this. And in the, in the text, it, it reads in Genesis, they said to one another, the brothers said to one another, behold, here comes that master dreamer. Come now, let us kill him. And we shall see what becomes of his dreams. You may know that a version of those words is inscribed on a memorial at the Lorraine Motel in Memphis where Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated on April 4th over 50 years ago. I mention that because it seems that when dreamers come among a group of people, whether it be a family like Joseph, a, a group, an organization, a school, it does not always go well. The dreamer's voice is sometimes ignored, sometimes tolerated but not acted upon, and ultimately silenced. And that is exactly what happens to Joseph. The, the brother, seeing the favor he gets from his father and hearing his dreams, decide to get rid of him. Fortunately for Joseph, he has two advocates in his brothers Reuben and Judah that convince the other brothers to not kill Joseph, but just sell him instead. But from that moment, if you read through the story of Joseph in the book of Genesis, the whole story of Joseph and his brothers is riddled with anxiety and fear. Joseph is forever shaped by the event of being betrayed by his brothers. We th see this later as Joseph is concerned that his younger brother Benjamin has been also treated harshly by his brothers and perhaps even killed. Of course, we see the other brothers riddled with anxiety and fear. They are worried that they are being punished for selling Joseph off and perhaps that he is dead as a result. Every action, when you read the story in Joseph, every action by the brothers and by Joseph is interpreted with the worst possible scenario in mind. Even the father Jacob is worried that he will lose another son if he indeed sends Benjamin, the youngest, with them to go see Joseph. Every character in this story acts out of what they have done in the past or what has been done to them. Now, we too can be like this family. When we have done something wrong, what is our greatest fear? Being found out. When we have secrets that we hope that no one knows, we fear being discovered. And we fear being found out and discovered and somehow having to pay. This belief that exists among us and in our culture is borne out in phrases like this. What goes around comes around, right? What goes around comes around. It's just in, in embedded in that cultural phrase is this idea that like karma, like if, if something happens bad, it'll come back to us badly, Right? But the kingdom of God works in mysterious ways. What goes around comes around and finds redemption. What goes around comes around and finds grace. 
Joseph's brother sold him into slavery only to find him not a slave, but second in command. Joseph's brother paid for food with silver only to find their silver given back to them as a gift. Joseph's brothers thought he was dead only to find him very much alive. This is also true, that what goes around comes around and finds Jesus. What goes around comes around and finds Jesus. Consider this, Jesus was sold out for 30 pieces of silver, only for us to discover that we were bought with the price of his life. Jesus' followers then and now thought that death was the end, only for us to know through the resurrection that he is very much alive. Now for any of us that still live in the fear of a God that might just be waiting to expose all of our failures and all of our secrets, I have news for you. He knows them already. He knows them already and has chosen through Christ to forgive. Some of you might be familiar with this prayer. It was first written in the Book of Common Prayer from 1928. And it's a prayer that was said before communion, something that, that we are going to remember and celebrate today. It reads like this, Almighty God, unto whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love thee and worthily magnify thy holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. For nearly a hundred years, Christians have been praying with the understanding that all of our desires are known, no secrets are hid from God, and yet, through Christ our Lord, there is renewal and cleansing. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While he knows our sin, Christ has died for us. Finally, let's return to Joseph, how he teaches us by his example. I love this verse here. Genesis 45, 5, he says to his brothers, it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. If you didn't know the scripture reference, if this was some sort of Bible trivia game, who could have said these words? Jesus. And in fact, he said something very similar. John 3, 17, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Joseph is a glimpse of the gospel for us, friends. To, to look at the circumstances of our lives that, as he did, and see perhaps a greater purpose of God's saving grace through us. And ultimately to cling to that truth that no matter how bad it gets, 
Resurrection can come even after death. You know what? So many times when Jesus spoke about who he was and what he had come to do, the religious people around him said, here comes that dreamer. He was. But Jesus endured the cross for the dream that one day would be fulfilled. A people that call on his name to bring the kingdom of God to greater fullness here on earth. Yes, like Joseph, to bring food for the hungry, freedom for the enslaved, and forgiveness for the sinner. And this table, this is what the table is about. Bread for that hunger that exists in all of us to start again, to be made new, to be forgiven. This table is a symbol of the freedom given to us by Christ to set us free from the things that enslave us still. This table is a sign and a seal for the forgiveness that we all so desperately want and need for the things that we've done wrong and the things that we will. It was to save lives that Christ was sent to us. May we rest in the knowledge that in Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Amen. God sent his son, living bread, living bread to satisfy the hunger of our souls. How we can learn from Joseph and the glimpse that he is of Jesus who saw the circumstances of his life as part of a greater work that God was doing to save others. And friends, no matter station in life that you find yourself in, no matter what you do, believe. Believe that you are part of that same plan. To be an ambassador and an agent, a messenger of his amazing grace. We all have been sent. We all have been sent. And may we feed those around us with the knowledge that they are loved and forgiven by God. You've been listening to the Fremont Presbyterian Church Podcast. For more information about our church, visit fremontpress.org. We'd love for you to join us on Sunday mornings. Our service times are 9 a.m. in the sanctuary for classic worship and 10.30 a.m. in the Community Life Center for modern worship. You can catch the live stream of both services at fremontpress.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to get the latest episode each week. Thanks for listening.